Hey, it's Colonel Conrad Reynolds with the Colonel of Truth. And today I've got another special guest. I've got a smart guy here. Uh, let me read his bio before, uh, before he comes on, because I want everybody listening to my voice here uh, to understand you got to have experts when you're talking election security and election integrity. You have to have people who understand computers and understand what's going on that all of us simply take for granted. So let's talk about my guest. His name is Dr. Walter C. Dougherty. He's a computer consultant and senior lecturer emeritus in the Department of Computer Science and Engineering at Texas A&M University. Now, we won't hold that against him because we're from Arkansas, but uh, he's a graduate from Oklahoma Christian University with a degree in mathematics. And then he earned his PhD, his master's and PhD from Harvard University, which he attended on a prize fellowship from the National Science Foundation. As a computer expert, he has consulted for major national and international firms and for government agencies. He helped develop the National Computer Keyboard Standard, and he invented the integrated user training within computer applications, as well as various electronic computer interfaces. As a computer science and engineering teacher and researcher, he's published over 26 research articles from over 2.8 million in funded research projects, plus conference papers and other publications. He's taught many areas of computer science and engineering for, listen to this, folks, 37 years. And 32 years of that was at Texas A&M University, including artificial intelligence, quantum computing, programming, and software design and cyber ethics. At Harvard, he received the Bowdoin Prize and Medal for writing. And in 2015, he was named a Distinguished Alumnus of Oklahoma Christian University. He's a life member of the Association of Computing Machinery and America Minson. Uh, Man, you are our smart guy. Welcome, Dr. Dowdy. Welcome to our show. Again, Colonel. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Well, I, I, um, I, I'm impressed, uh, of course, always have been, and, and full disclosure to all my listeners here, um, we've met before uh, several times uh, last year. Uh, you, you are an impressive person, uh, extremely smart, and you know computers like nobody else, and that's why we wanted you on this show, because we think it's important for the people all across this country, not just in the state of Arkansas, but all across the country to understand we have a major problem, and we must uh, step up and fix it. But we got to get the people who are in these positions of leadership to understand that we've got to get rid of computers. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, people often ask me, well, since you were a computer science and engineering faculty member, uh, you must be in favor of computers everywhere. No, it's because I was a computer science and engineering faculty member, I'm not in favor of computers everywhere, and specifically the vulnerabilities that they have with regard to election systems. Right. Well, you have a paper that I have in front of me right here in my hands, and I love it because it says six reasons machines must go. Can we uh, kind of quickly go through? I mean, you got your time. We got over 10 minutes, but can you go through and let's talk about these six reasons? First one being no transparency. Absolutely. So think about the process of voting 20 or 30 years ago. Hand marked ballots, hand counted. It's almost 100% transparent. Now, there is no system where humans are included, that is going to be 100% foolproof. What we need is an election system where it is hard to cheat and easy to catch. That is a system that's transparent. And the paper ballots that we used for hundreds of years meet that requirement of being almost 100% transparent. Now, think about what has happened in the last 20 or 30 years with the introduction of computerized voting machines. It's almost 0% transparent. Ballots go in to the machine and numbers come out, but you have no idea what happened in between. Was your ballot counted? Was it ignored? Was it flipped? You don't know. The system isn't transparent. It's a black box. Ballots go in and numbers come out. Well, when you have a system that's not transparent, then that provides an opportunity for bad actors to act badly and interfere with the system. So transparency 
is a major reason, lack of transparency is a major reason that voting machines must go. When we're talking about the lack of transparency, are you also, are you talking about how the code that's used to write the programs that are in these black boxes, is it only that part or is there more to it? No, obviously the source code is an important point. And that is uh, my third point of not being accountable because to my knowledge, there has not been an independent expert review of the source code of any voting system in the United States. So there was one attempt to make such an examination in North Carolina because the laws in North Carolina allow a party to engage an independent expert to review the source code. The Libertarian Party did so. They uh, hired a computer science professor from South Carolina, whom I know professionally. And then when he said, OK, I'm ready, let me take a look at the source code. The Board of Elections in North Carolina said, well, no, we can't let you do that yet because we don't have any procedures for doing that. And to write up procedures, we're going to have to hold some hearings. And it's going to take about six months to have hearings. And then we can write some procedures. And then Libertarian Party, your expert, can look at the source code under non-disclosure agreements and so forth. And by the time they got through with that, their procedures were so restrictive, the expert just said, there's no way I can do the job under this. So it's the source code has, has not been looked at. What I was initially referring to when I said the lack of transparency, it was actually the counting process. Right. So right. how do you get from ballots going into a machine to numbers coming out? What is that process and what are the steps in that process? Right. And in Mesa County, Colorado, we actually had a chance to lift the lid thanks to Tina Peters making a backup, which is just best practice. I mean, you wouldn't keep your money in a bank that didn't make backups. What yeah, if there was yeah. a fire tornado? How would they reconstruct how much money was in every account? So because she made a backup, then we got Jeff O'Donnell and I had a chance to actually look at the progress of two elections and saw that the software was not performing the way it was supposed to. Wow. Well, uh, I now want to talk to you about that. Uh, we'll, we'll get that on the next segment. I want to finish up with your your fixed po- your six points. The first was no transparency, right, in counting. The next was no accountability. That's what we've talked about just now. Uh, no way to check for accuracy is your third point. Right. So one of the questions for accurate counting is to make sure that the ballots you're counting are genuine that they're not counterfeit. So you use ES&S machines in Arkansas, so does Alabama. Mm-hmm. And at the public logic and accuracy tests in Alabama, a citizen asked, will this machine detect and reject counterfeit ballots? And they said, yes, absolutely. And so she quietly went across the street to Kinko's and made 10 Xerox copies of her ballot. They had passed out ballots to everybody in the public who was watching to fill out. So she filled out her ballot and went and made 10 Xerox copies and came back and got in line to put it in the scanner. And when she got to the scanner, she asked again, will this machine detect and reject counterfeit ballots? I have 10 Xerox copies here. And they said, oh, absolutely. It won't count them. She put them in. It accepted them. It counted them. So if the machine accepts and counts counterfeit ballots, we have no assurance that the results are accurate. Right. And that's an ES&S machine in Alabama, correct? Is that what you said? Yes, it is. Wow. Wow. Well, let's go, let's go on to point number four, vulnerable, vulnerable software. The software is vulnerable just because it's frozen in time. So when the vendor submits a particular version of software for certification, to the EAC, the Election Assistance Commission, and then they engage some testing laboratories. They certify a particular version of the software, and then that version is frozen. Now, on Microsoft Windows operating systems, and on other operating systems as well, but I'll use Microsoft Windows as an example, you all know what happens on the first Tuesday of every month. Patch Tuesday. You get a notice. Microsoft says, we have 57 patches to download to your machine. And typically, 
eight or 10 of them will be labeled critical security patch. In other words, this is something that if you don't patch it, your machine is going to be vulnerable to some new virus that they've just discovered. And that's another point, is that whatever virus definitions are in there to detect known types of malware, those virus definitions are never updated. So if the machine you're using in, let's say, the 2022 election was certified in 2021, then it's at least 12 months behind on operating system patches and antivirus definitions. And so those are known vulnerabilities in that operating system and that list of viruses in an antivirus system that haven't been updated. Right, right, right. Well, and, you know, what can I say? I'm going to move to the next one because this is another one, vulnerable hardware. So not just software you're talking about. Now we also have vulnerable hardware as well. That's right, because many, if not most, computer components are made in China. A lot are made in other countries in East Asia, but a lot of components come from China. You can look up Supermicro motherboards. This was a manufacturer of motherboards, came from China, which was used by a lot of companies that assemble their own computers. So they would buy a Supermicro motherboard, some other brand of disk and so forth, and put together a computer that, that they would sell. On the Supermicro motherboard, there was one extra chip and it was a spy chip. Now, you know, there are other places where the Department of Defense has found spy chips. So if you have a Wi-Fi keyboard, one of the things that you know is that Sorry, not a Wi-Fi keyboard, a USB keyboard. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to reach mine so I can get it uh, get it in camera range. So this is the the wire from my uh, USB keyboard, right. and it has a USB connector. I and see so it. I replaced my keyboard. I, so I I bought a new keyboard, and I'm going to plug this into my computer by putting this plug into the USB port. Right port. The Department of Defense found a batch of USB keyboards that inside the plug right here had a Wi-Fi chip. Wow. Wow. So the hardware is vulnerable. So how would a there's regular another vulnerability? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, excuse me. There's another vulnerability that people are just beginning to pay attention to, which is a remote access capability. Well, let me ask you before you go into the remote access capability, because that's important. I've only got about 20 seconds and I want to hear the full explanation. Can we come back after break and you explain that? Absolutely. Uh, give, just, so just give us about a, a few minutes for the quick break and we'll be right back with the Colonel of Truth. This is Colonel Conrad Reynolds. Hey folks, this is Colonel Conrad Reynolds, host of The Colonel of Truth. Our mission is to save America. And one of the ways we do that is through this radio program. And in order to support our show, we ask that you go to MyPillow.com. It's my friend Mike Lindell. He's got great products. The sheets are incredible. The new pillow he's got, the 2.0, absolutely fabulous. They've got towels. They've got all kinds of things, slippers. they got everything. Use promo code Conrad to help support our mission here. We want to save America, and we're asking for your help. Hey there, Arkansas. I'm Carrie Lake from Arizona, and I'm joining your mission to take back America county by county to restore faith in our election process. Arkansas plays a vital role in this mission led by Colonel Conrad Reynolds and the Arkansas Voter Integrity Initiative. By demanding hand-marked paper ballots, we will ensure the integrity of our elections and rid ourselves of non-transparent voting computers. Call your Justice of the Peace and insist on hand-marked paper ballots for your county. To become part of the movement and learn more, go to avii.org. Together, we will take back America county by county. Hey, folks, I'm Colonel Conrad Reynolds, a retired U.S. military intelligence officer. My friend, Kerry Lake, is right. We can take our country back county by county. Arkansas is the tip of the spear. We are setting the pace for the country. This is a collective effort. Let's call our JPs and tell them we want hand-marked paper ballots. Visit avii.org, paid for by the Arkansas Voter Integrity Initiative. Hey folks, this is Colonel Conrad Reynolds, host of the Colonel of Truth. And on top of being the host of this show, I'm also the CEO of an organization called AVII.org, Arkansas Voter Integrity Initiative. The mission, of course, is to take back America county by county in order to get 
counties to get rid of machines and go to paper ballot. Go to avii.org, read up on it, look at the links that we have, and we ask that you consider donating. We're trying to take back America, county by county. We can't do it without your help. Thanks so much. This is Colonel Conrad Reynolds back with the Colonel of Truth, and I have Dr. Special Guest, Dr. Dougherty's with us, Walter Dougherty, and he was just explaining, um, well, I'm just going to let you pick right up. Uh, with with the, the, vulnerabilities. the vulnerabilities that we we're just talking about. Absolutely. So we we're talking about hardware vulnerabilities. Yes, sir. There's a newly recognized hardware vulnerability that uh, people are starting to become more aware of, which is remote access capability for servers. So on Dell servers such as ESNS and Dominion use, it's called DRAC, D-R-A-C, or IDRAC, little i, D-R-A-C which is the integrated Dell remote access capability. On uh, heart intercivic machines, they use the Hewlett Packard servers. It's called ILO for integrated lights out. But the purpose of both of those systems is to allow remote updates to be made. So let's say Bank of America has 10,000 machines in their offices uh, across the country. They don't want to have to make 10,000 phone calls to say, be sure to leave your computer on at 3 a.m. so we can install a new version of the banking software. So with IDRAC or ILO, there is a mechanism such that they can connect to the computer even when it's powered off and even when the operating system is not running. So the way it works is this. Inside the box for the computer, there are actually two CPUs. There's the main CPU, which is going to run Windows or whatever operating system you're running. And that's what you turn on and off when you push the power button. There is a second CPU that as long as it's plugged into the wall, it's always on. And it's always listening for those remote commands. And if it hears a remote command, it has access to everything on that computer, including the hard disks, without ever starting the main computer or booting up the operating system. So this is a massive vulnerability. Well, could local officials know that this is being accessed? I mean, uh, you know, local election people tell us all the time, uh, you know, these aren't connected to the Internet. There's no way anybody can actually have access to them. Um, and how would they know? Well, it's very simple to test from another computer on the same local area network whether IDRAC or ILO is active. But the way modern servers are designed, the computer will not boot unless IDRAC is running. So when you push the button on the case that says start up the main computer and I want to boot Windows, the first thing that main computer does is look to see if IDRAC is running. And if IDRAC isn't running, it won't start the main computer. So you can check from another computer on the same network to see if it's listening. Now, how the network connection could be made, there are a multitude of ways. So it can be a wired connection, it could be Wi-Fi, it could be Bluetooth. In the case of many counties, They've installed Albert sensors inside the firewall, which are connected to CIS. And if you have a hole through the firewall for one direction of traffic, traffic can go through the other direction. Well, well, you so just brought are, up, yeah, go ahead. There are ways of connecting to machines that uh, people may not be aware of. I want to talk about the Albert sensor a little bit later, because no one, I'm, I guarantee you, no one listening to us right now, even understands what that is. And we can talk about that because I, but before we do talk about the Albert sensors, let's talk about your, and maybe you can talk about it in the next one, vulnerable networks, your point uh, number six. Exactly. I covered part of that. Machines are generally designed to have the capability of connecting to a network. Right. And again, this is for legitimate reasons. However, having that capability makes it possible for a bad actor to take advantage of it. So in a typical polling place, it may be different in Arkansas, but in a typical polling place here in Texas, you would have 
poll books, e-poll books of some type, electronic poll books, which are connected by network to the voter registration database to verify when a voter comes in and shows their ID that they are registered to vote and they haven't already voted in this election. So that requires a network connection. That network connection is often made by a wireless hotspot. So there's a hotspot from Verizon or AT&T that provides cellular modem service, just like you get on your phone. So just as an aside, you will hear a lot of people say, oh, but our systems are air-gapped. And I say, oh, you mean it's air-gapped like my phone? That when I type in, go to Google, there's no way it can connect because there's just air between here and Google? So the fact that I can connect to Google means that the air-gap doesn't matter if I have a wireless modem. So if you have a wireless modem hotspot or a wireless modem in the poll book, so the different brands of poll books, some brands of poll books actually have a wireless modem in the poll book. Some tabulators have wireless modems in them. So it's well known that NBC News is not a conservative news site. But if you search NBCNews.com for voting systems connected to the Internet, you will find a report that they made where someone found some uh, tens of thousands of machines across the country that were still connected to the internet after the election. In Michigan, when they opened up some of the DS200 tabulators, they found a little one inch square chip that said TELIT on it, T-E-L-I-T, and that's a 4G modem. And the reason they put those uh, extra daughter cards in, it wasn't on the motherboard, it was on an extra printed circuit board, is because Verizon had announced they were going to phase out the 3G network. So the previous version only uh, did wireless data communication on the 3G network, and with Verizon announcing the end of the 3G network, they had to install 4G modems. And so that's what they found in Michigan inside their DS200s was 4G modems. Yeah, the DS200 being ES and S, right? That's right. Wow. And so, um, yeah, I, I remember reading an article on that, that specific thing. And apparently that surprised everybody because they didn't know that those were on there. Is that correct? That's right. A lot of people didn't know. And, and as I said, on many of these points, this is information that a small number of people knew. Cybersecurity experts, obviously the voting machine companies who designed the machine knew it was there. But... Ordinary election officials, uh, poll workers, and so forth. Even the county IT department probably doesn't know whether or not they're there. Right, right. And that happened actually. Was that in Atrium County uh, based on that yes. investigation? Yeah. And um, uh, so the one that flipped, the one that flipped all those votes. I think there were 7,000 votes that were flipped in Atrium right, County. Right. So that, that investigation showed. Yeah, so, so that point alone ought to get everybody to understand that you can't trust what people are telling you about these machines, that they're all safe, because it's been proven time and time again they're not. And if one of these points ought to be enough to say that the machines aren't trustworthy and we need to move to a more trustworthy system, but if you take all six together and then still say – we're going to keep using these untrustworthy machines. It would be like your teenage daughter says, hey, dad, I want a car for my 16th birthday. And you say, well, I know that Ford Pintos catch on fire when they get rear-ended, so I'm going to buy you a Ford Pinto. <laughs> right. No, you won't. That's correct. <laughs> We've shown that the machines are untrustworthy, such as in Mesa County, where we actually saw unauthorized databases being created and election records being deleted in violation of federal and state law. So we actually saw that inside the computer from the forensic disk image. Then we know that the machines aren't trustworthy. So we better stop trusting machines. That's right.
Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break, uh, doctor, and we'll be right back because I want to talk to you about uh, the next segment, uh, a little bit about Albert sensors and let people understand what that is. So we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. I'm Colonel Conrad Reynolds with the Colonel of Truth, and we'll be back with our special guest, Dr. Dougherty. Be right back. Hey folks, this is Colonel Conrad Reynolds, host of The Colonel of Truth. Our mission is to save America. And one of the ways we do that is through this radio program. And in order to support our show, we ask that you go to MyPillow.com. It's my friend Mike Lindell. has got great products. The sheets are incredible. The new pillow he's got, the 2.0, absolutely fabulous. They've got towels. They've got all kinds of things, slippers. they got everything. Use promo code Conrad to help support our mission here. We want to save America. And we're asking for your help. Hey there, Arkansas. I'm Carrie Lake from Arizona, and I'm joining your mission to take back America county by county to restore faith in our election process. Arkansas plays a vital role in this mission led by Colonel Conrad Reynolds and the Arkansas Voter Integrity Initiative. By demanding hand-marked paper ballots, we will ensure the integrity of our elections and rid ourselves of non-transparent voting computers. Call your Justice of the Peace and insist on hand-marked paper ballots for your county. To become part of the movement and learn more, go to avii.org. Together, we will take back America county by county. Hey, folks, I'm Colonel Conrad Reynolds, a retired U.S. military intelligence officer. My friend, Carrie Lake, is right. We can take our country back county by county. Arkansas is the tip of the spear. We are setting the pace for the country. This is a collective effort. Let's call our JPs and tell them we want hand-marked paper ballots. Visit avii.org, paid for by the Arkansas Voter Integrity Initiative. Hey folks, this is Colonel Conrad Reynolds, host of the Colonel of Truth. And on top of being the host of this show, I'm also the CEO of an organization called AVII.org, Arkansas Voter Integrity Initiative. The mission, of course, is to take back America county by county in order to get counties to get rid of machines and go to paper ballot. Go to AVII.org, read up on it, look at the links that we have, and we ask that you consider donating. We're trying to take back America county by county. We can't do it without your help. Thanks so much. Well, welcome back to the Colonel of Truth. It's Colonel Conrad Reynolds. I'm here with my special guest, Dr. Walter Dougherty. Dr. Dougherty, welcome again. And let's pick up with our conversation because this is such an important topic. Uh, I want everybody in Arkansas and all across the country to listen to what you're saying because over and over again, we get people who stand up and argue with us that we don't know what we're talking about when, in fact, they don't know what they're talking about. And so we've got to have people like you who are the experts who actually understand all of this to be able to put it in layman's terms so everybody can understand. In the last segment, one of the things that you brought up and mentioned was a thing called the Albert Sensors. Now, I'll guarantee you no one in my audience probably even heard about Albert Sensors. Can you explain to us what those are and what vulnerabilities those may bring to our voting process? Uh, absolutely. So the Albert Sensor Program, and there's several variations on it, is a program that was authorized by the Department of Homeland Security through the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, to monitor critical infrastructure systems for attacks, malware, uh, things of that sort. And in order to do that, they set up a private organization, I guess you could say it's like an NGO uh, called CIS, the Center for Internet Security. So this is not to be confused with CISA, which is a division of Department of Homeland Security. So you've got the government agency, Department of Homeland Security and CISA that's within that, that is then partnering with this private company, CIS. And the way to find out if your county is involved with CIS is to make a public records request for the memorandum of agreement, the MOA between your county and the Internet for Internet Security. What this memorandum of agreement says is that the, the county will provide information all technical computer information about all the computers that are inside the county firewall. So you have, besides the election department, you have county clerk, county sheriff, all of the other offices that are inside the county firewall. 
So you give CIS a list of the IP addresses of all the machines that you have inside the firewall, and you authorize them to put their own computer inside the firewall as well. So that makes it visible and that it can, it can see every computer that is inside the firewall. In order to perform that function, it has to have an exception, a tunnel through the firewall. So the purpose of a firewall in a business organization or in a county is twofold. One is to block undesired access from outside. So you want to keep hackers from coming into the county computers. You want the firewall to stop them. But it's also to prevent unauthorized traffic from inside the county going out. So you don't want county employees going to triplexporn.com or something like that. Right. So the firewall is going to block anybody who tries to go to, to that web page. But for the Albert sensor to do its job, it has to be inside the firewall and be checking on all of the county computers and then reporting through this tunnel in the firewall back to CIS, which then, uh, as required, forwards the information to CISA and, and Department of Homeland Security. And if they see that your county machines are under attack or have contained some malware, then they will notify you to take uh, remedial action. So that is the design and, and the purpose of, of the Albert sensor. There's another thing that you should note when you get a copy of the memorandum of agreement of your county with CIS, it says the county agrees to notify all county employees that they have no expectation of privacy. In other words, CIS can monitor everything that goes on on every county computer. So your county sheriff may not be aware that if he sends an email to the sheriff in the next county, that there is the possibility that CIS and DHS are monitoring that email. And so that would be a good question to ask your county sheriff when you have the memorandum of agreement, uh, were you notified that nothing you do on the uh, county computers can be considered private? So what's the vulnerability? Well, the vulnerability is it's a hole in the firewall. Right. So what that means is that uh, a knowledgeable hacker, and we're not just talking about individuals. So we're talking about nation states that have teams of hundreds if not thousands of very knowledgeable hackers trying to get into systems that would be to their advantage to like do like that. China like China <laughs> there you go exactly so that 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 is that then uh, is the vulnerability you know as you've been able to describe the fact that there is a hole in this firewall and smart now, people who understand a tunnel if you will that uh, smart people can make sure, that they or could take advantage of it if they wanted to. I've only got like 30 seconds in this segment, uh, Dr. Dowdy. Um, can we, I, I want to come back. Can let us take a quick break, and uh, and I'd like to get your final thoughts on that. And then we all want to talk about the uh, LNA test just a little bit. I know we talked about it earlier, but I'd like some of your final thoughts on that. Uh, the BDMs and also probably most importantly for, for this show right now is these uh, audits. So we'll be right back with the Colonel of Truth. I'm Colonel Conrad Reynolds. We'll be right back. Hey folks, this is Colonel Conrad Reynolds, host of The Colonel of Truth. Our mission is to save America. And one of the ways we do that is through this radio program. And in order to support our show, we ask that you go to MyPillow.com. It's my friend Mike Lindell. He's got great products. The sheets are incredible. The new pillow he's got, the 2.0, absolutely fabulous. They've got towels. They've got all kinds of things, slippers. they got everything. Use promo code CONRAD to help support our mission here. We want to save America, and we're asking for your help. 
Hey there, Arkansas. I'm Carrie Lake from Arizona, and I'm joining your mission to take back America county by county to restore faith in our election process. Arkansas plays a vital role in this mission led by Colonel Conrad Reynolds and the Arkansas Voter Integrity Initiative. By demanding hand-marked paper ballots, we will ensure the integrity of our elections and rid ourselves of non-transparent voting computers. Call your Justice of the Peace and insist on hand-marked paper ballots for your county. To become part of the movement and learn more, go to avii.org. Together, we will take back America county by county. Hey, folks, I'm Colonel Conrad Reynolds, a retired U.S. military intelligence officer. My friend, Carrie Lake, is right. We can take our country back county by county. Arkansas is the tip of the spear. We are setting the pace for the country. This is a collective effort. Let's call our JPs and tell them we want hand-marked paper ballots. Visit avii.org, paid for by the Arkansas Voter Integrity Initiative. Hey folks, this is Colonel Conrad Reynolds, host of the Colonel of Truth. And on top of being the host of this show, I'm also the CEO of an organization called AVII.org, Arkansas Voter Integrity Initiative. The mission, of course, is to take back America county by county in order to get counties to get rid of machines and go to paper ballot. Go to AVII.org, read up on it, look at the links that we have, and we ask that you consider donating. We're trying to take back America county by county. We can't do it without your help. Thanks so much. This is Colonel Conrad Reynolds on the Colonel of Truth. We're back with my guest, Dr. Walter Dougherty, a computer expert, um, a senior lecturer emeritus uh, at Texas A&M. Sir, thank you for being with us for our last segment here. We have a lot to really cover over the next uh, few, what, 13 minutes or so. So I want to ask you, because we talked a little bit about the logic and accuracy test, and I will tell you that people tell us all the time that is proof that these machines are running perfectly. Uh, that they count perfectly, and that we make sure that they are secured before the election, and that's it. That's what we. That's what we. Uh, you know, we believe that they're 100 percent accurate. From a national security's perspective, I don't believe them, but I'd like for you to explain why you think the LNA test is uh, not as wonderful as they think. Uh, right. So the logic and accuracy test just tests the performance of the machine on one task at one point in time. So I have seen logic and accuracy tests where the election officials who are demonstrating the machine will say, here's a stack of 100 ballots that I'm going to run through, and then it's going to print out how many ballots they were cast. If you walk up and say, all right, you've run those hundred ballots through. Now, let me have one of those ballots so that it counts 101 ballots. Most of the time they will say no. Why? Why? So if the machine will count a hundred ballots correctly, wouldn't it count 101 correctly? It ought to, but we have actually had counties that refused to run one more ballot than the test. And you remember what happened with Volkswagen. So in order to meet pollution requirements, they had to connect their representative vehicles up to government testing machines. But the Volkswagen engineers figured out a way to tell when the testing equipment was connected and crank down the pollution levels to pass the test. And then when a government testing machine wasn't connected, it would disable that part of the code and give higher performance. So the car knew when it was being watched and uh, adjusted accordingly. Um, so that's that's possible. The other thing is, as I said, it's just one task at one point in time. So you ran 100 ballots on Monday. You have the election on Tuesday, and you run that same 100 ballots on Wednesday or whenever after the election. You know it was working on Monday and Wednesday to count 100 ballots but that's no guarantee that it was working properly on Tuesday to count 5,000 ballots. It's, it's not guaranteed. So, so it, it is a valuable test, but it's not enough by itself. Well, I think you're being generous. I kind of call it the dog and pony show uh, that, that, is set, is that, that is designed to make people believe they're safe and secure, when in fact it really doesn't tell us much other than on that specific time 
that it may be working properly. It's kind of like the black cat, the magician that shows everybody, hey, look, nothing to see here and shows the audience a completely empty hat and brings up an audience member to verify it's absolutely empty. But then later on, they're able to pull out a rabbit out of the hat and everybody's mystified and says it's magic. No, they know the trick. No one else knows the trick. If we were able to look behind the curtain, probably we would see that, in fact, there is a, you know, a basket of rabbits sitting in the back he was able to get access to. But as long as we're not allowed to see inside, i.e. the code or anything else, we're not we have no way of knowing. Is that true? We have, yes, definitely. There there should have been an independent expert review of the source code of every certified voting system long ago. And so if you can get the, your secretary of state to authorize an independent expert to uh, look at the source code that was escrowed with your secretary of state, then let me know. And if I'm available, I'll look at it. If I'm not available, I'll find somebody to do it. Well, I'm going to take you up on that, although I don't think it would be a cold day before <laughs> before they uh, would allow anybody to look inside the machines. Uh, we got about nine minutes. So I'm going to keep going. OK, let's talk about these ballot marking devices. The actual touchscreen, we call them the express vote. ES&S calls them, you know, the express vote touchscreen. Everybody's familiar with that. Uh, from my understanding, those were designed initially or originally for uh, the handicapped. Uh, but they've expanded that over the last few years to every voter. We have every, everybody in Arkansas votes on, a, uh, on one of these ballot marking devices, uh, with the exception of we have one county, Pulaski, that uses paper ballots that you fill in the oval only on election day. But for early voting, they do use these ballot marking devices. I'd like for you to take a few seconds or a couple of minutes here to explain the vulnerabilities of these machines. Well, the first vulnerability of the ballot marking device is that you don't know that what it prints on your ballot accurately reflects your vote. So in the case of ES&S machines, it supposedly prints out your selections as barcodes followed by the text, but human beings don't read barcode. In the case of Heart InterCivic, which we use here in Brazos County, Texas, and about half of Texas, the other Texas uses two machines, ES&S or Heart InterCivic. The Heart InterCivic ballot marking device prints a QR code and then the text that's supposedly the races that you selected, but you have no way of verifying that. And because you, the voter, can't check that the QR code or the barcode says the people that you voted for, and that's what the scanner reads, then it just provides one more level of opaqueness instead of transparency. So a misprogrammed computer or a hacked computer could change your choices, print the barcode or the QR code for different candidates, and you would look at the text and say, yes, that's the people that I chose to vote for, but the scanner is reading the QR code and the barcode or the barcode that says something different, and you have no way to verify that. And in the case of the QR code that Hard Inner Civic uses, if you were to try to read it with a QR code reader on your cell phone, it's encrypted. So even if you had a QR reader, you wouldn't be able to see if it accurately reflected your vote. Right. Well, it's, you know, as we say around here, it's the voter intent aspect. Uh, in other words, we think that, and what other people have said, that the paper ballot captures voter intent much better because your brain works differently. It's a different cognitive type uh, uh, aspect of filling out the oval yourself versus uh, having a machine fill it out. That's the first problem with the BMD or, or the ballot marking devices. Uh, but then later we get we're always told, well, hold on a second, you got a paper ballot, you can always count it, you can always do an audit, you know, or a risk limit audit, or you can do. That's what we're always told. Tell us a little bit of what your thoughts on as far what your thoughts are about uh, audits. Well, if you took a stack of ten bills into the bank to deposit, and you told the teller. Here's $10, $20 bills. I want you to deposit $200 to my account. Would the teller do that? Not without running those 10 bills 
through a scanner to verify that they weren't counterfeit. So if you have paper ballots that are produced by a BMD, you can count what the text says. But if the text doesn't match the barcode and the barcode is what was actually counted and the barcode is different, you have no way of detecting that that was in fact a counterfeit ballot. So you can recount counterfeit ballots as many times as you want and get the same answer. That doesn't mean it's the right answer if you didn't check to see that they were counterfeit. Right. Well, a lot of people have mentioned, well, let's do a risk limit. Now, I I can tell you, and and we only got a few minutes, but I'll explain to you here in Arkansas what we do. And it's not an audit, I don't think. All they do is go to an election commissioner's office and they'll say, okay, here's 100 boxes of ballots. And they'll say, okay, we'll take out maybe eight or nine. We'll randomly pick eight or nine boxes. We pull them out and we open them up and we look at that DS-200 tape. And it says, they look at one race. They'll say the presidential race. You know, candidate A got 450 votes. Candidate B got 50. There should be 500 ballots in this box. So they'll count the 500 ballots. Yep, there's 500. Yep, 450 of them were for candidate A and 50 were for candidate B. And they do that for seven or eight, 10 boxes. And then that's it. They look at one race. They do it in the general. And they say, we've done 100% accuracy. No problems here in this county. What's wrong with that? Well, the theory behind the risk limiting audit is to reduce the amount of work required to get the statistical confidence level beyond the margin of victory. So if one race was decided by a thousand votes out of a hundred thousand, then you can calculate statistically how big a random sample you would need to verify in order to be 99.9% sure that the margin of victory was greater than half a percent or 1% or whatever your your state law says. But that risk-limiting audit theory, which is a statistical model, statistical theory, relies on a lot of assumptions. And one assumption is that there was no manipulation in the sequence of the votes. So recounts, risk-limiting audits, even a full hand count of all ballots only looks at the final total. They don't look at the progression of votes or the sequence of votes. So I'll give you a couple of examples. In the Arizona Senate audit of the Maricopa County election, there was one citizen volunteer that after the audit was over and her non-disclosure agreement had expired, she gave an interview and said that one box that she opened for auditing, the sequence of ballots was seven Biden, one Trump, seven Biden, one Trump, seven Biden, one Trump, seven Biden, one Trump, all the way to the end of the box. That can't happen naturally. So if you're counting You say, well, the total number of votes for one candidate was this, and the total number of votes for another candidate was that. But without looking at the sequence, you don't see, you can't see things that are mathematically impossible, like I just described. And that's why the cast vote record is so important. Right. Another thing that we found in Arizona, both in Pima County and in Maricopa County, is evidence of blocks of ballots being inserted. And the way we found that was by analyzing a sliding window of ballots in the cast vote record. And again, if you don't look at the sequence, then there are types of manipulation that you can't detect. And so I'm all for risk limiting audits. Uh, The 1% audit a full hand recount, but none of those methods will detect the kind of manipulation that I just described, which actually did occur in Pima County on ESMS machines. Wow. Well, doctor, uh, you know, I want to thank you very much for coming 
and uh, and giving us your insight, giving us some additional information, um, because we need to do something about these machines in our country. And uh, it's people like you that are going to help every, all of us as laymen understand that there is a problem and we've got to fix it. Thank you for coming on the Colonel of Truth. And uh, we hope that you come back and we'll have you back as many times as you want. And, and if I get the Secretary of State to agree to have the machines looked at, I'm calling you. I'd be glad to help. Hey, thank you, Dr. D. I really appreciate you coming on the show. You know, that wraps up this week's show, uh, The Kernel of Truth. We hope you come back next week. And uh, please go to our website at forttruth.com, forttruth.com. Have a great day. Hey, folks, this is Colonel Conrad Reynolds, host of The Colonel of Truth. Our mission is to save America. And one of the ways we do that is through this radio program. And in order to support our show, we ask that you go to MyPillow.com. It's my friend Mike Lindell. He's got great products. The sheets are incredible. The new pillow he's got, the 2.0, absolutely fabulous. They've got towels. They've got all kinds of things, slippers. they got everything. Use promo code Conrad to help support our mission here. We want to save America, and we're asking for your help. Hey there, Arkansas. I'm Carrie Lake from Arizona, and I'm joining your mission to take back America county by county to restore faith in our election process. Arkansas plays a vital role in this mission led by Colonel Conrad Reynolds and the Arkansas Voter Integrity Initiative. By demanding hand-marked paper ballots, we will ensure the integrity of our elections and rid ourselves of non-transparent voting computers. Call your Justice of the Peace and insist on hand-marked paper ballots for your county. To become part of the movement and learn more, go to avii.org. Together, we will take back America county by county. Hey, folks, I'm Colonel Conrad Reynolds, a retired U.S. military intelligence officer. My friend, Carrie Lake, is right. We can take our country back county by county. Arkansas is the tip of the spear. We are setting the pace for the country. This is a collective effort. Let's call our JPs and tell them we want hand-marked paper ballots. Visit avii.org, paid for by the Arkansas Voter Integrity Initiative. Hey folks, this is Colonel Conrad Reynolds, host of the Colonel of Truth. And on top of being the host of this show, I'm also the CEO of an organization called AVII.org, Arkansas Voter Integrity Initiative. The mission, of course, is to take back America county by county in order to get counties to get rid of machines and go to paper ballot. Go to AVII.org, read up on it, look at the links that we have, and we ask that you consider donating. We're trying to take back America county by county. We can't do it without your help. Thanks so much. Hey folks, this is Colonel Conrad Reynolds, the host of the Colonel of Truth. Before I got my own show, I used to do different shows, different podcasts to get our message out. And one of them was a good friend of mine by the name of Doc Washburn. It's W-A-S-H-B-U-R-N. Doc Washburn has got a great political show, a great conservative show, and I urge you to go listen to it. His website is docwashburnshow.com. Please go listen. I think you're going to enjoy it. Again, great guy, great message. Go listen. Thank you.